Hey family, I wanted to say thank you for your engagement and for all the sweet messages you guys send to let me know that you appreciate what I do and what I share. That means a lot to me. Please don't stop doing that. It definitely is a motivator. I'm just sitting here talking to myself. So it means a lot that wherever you are, you're able to connect with what it is that I have to say. I have been processing over the past couple days some really disheartening news that I got about one of the pastors that Kel and I both served under for many years. Um, He confessed to an extramarital affair and resigned as lead pastor of a huge church here in Houston. And I wish I could say that I was like super surprised, but I wasn't. I was, however, very grieved for him, for his wife, for his children, for his entire congregation, for the men and women who come and serve relentlessly to everyone who is so bought into his vision and has been since his genesis. I just felt this overwhelming sense of sadness, you know. And anger, because this trend of adultery um, with pastors and clergymen is just, it's rampant. And you have to wonder, you know, is this because this is becoming more widespread? Or is it because we're just, like, information is way more accessible to us now? You know, and people talk and they have so many avenues to share your business, you know. And so I think a lot of times churches and pastors want to get ahead of stuff before it gets wild. And so you have to wonder, like, is is a confession a result of an actual conviction in the heart or is it political, you know? church politics are oppressive particularly oppressive because it's like the institution in which is supposed to uphold certain values and morals and standards and have a heart for people and a heart for the house Uh, when it's not about the Lord and it's not about furthering the kingdom and it's not about It's not people-centric. It's just, like, really disheartening, you know? Um, When everything is about money, it's just gross. And I just have so many feelings because it's like... (sighs) There's a reason why there should be accountability and there should be eldership... But at the same time, I was talking to one of my friends about this, like account in order for accountability to work, you have to be willing, you know, because if you want to hide parts of yourself, you can, no matter who's around, you can hide, you can hide yourself from, 
from the person that you sleep next to every night. You know, you can get really good at hiding if you want. And so it's like, yeah, we can we we don't know the ins and outs, you know, and we can make all these assumptions and assessments. But at the heart of the matter, it's just like you have to be a person of upright character if you're going to be leading any church, no matter what the size is. One. And then two, with all these things happening, it just makes me wonder if mega church, if if that's a model that actually works. Because just to speak candid, the, the, the reason that Kelly and I left the church that we were serving at was because we just had this deep conviction that if we can't go up to our pastor and have a conversation with him, if we can't pick up the phone and talk to him, like if there are all these barriers in between us having life-giving, rich relationship with the with the person who is leading the flock that we're a part of, then like it's not really a church, you know, and you can have as many connect groups as you want to. But if I can't connect with the head of this house, if I can't share my heart and be counseled by and walk with um, someone who is leading me spiritually and this is the most important area of my life, then this is not necessarily where I need to be. And everybody is different, you know. Um, But it's like, if I have to go through security, if you become more of a celebrity than a pastor to me, like, what are we really doing? And I don't want to knock any... Go where you are fed, where you're growing, where you're feeding. Not just where you're being fed, but where you're feeding. Go where you are growing and evolving as a person. Go where you feel like you belong. Most definitely. And serve. You know. But for personally, it was just a personal. I know what I need as a believer. I know what kind of content my heart needs as far as like what sermons I'm being preached um I I I I know what kind of approach I need I know what my heart responds best to I know what kind of you know I feel like we're all plants and we all need we all have these different temperaments and we all need water at different times and at different amounts and different types of sunlight and different types of humidity and, you know, different plants to vibe with us. We have all these quirks about ourselves and it just wasn't a good fit for us anymore. And so I mentioned in a recent um, post that I made that I called my current pastor, who also is like a spiritual father to both Kelly and I, him and his wife are just like, they're solid rocks for us, which you need. And I pray for mentorship very specifically um, for them. And the fact that we have them in our lives now is just such a testament to the goodness of God. But anyway, I just called him. I was like, look, I know that your wife is your best friend. I know that you're not going to put yourself in compromising situations. I know that you like truly ride for your wife and you have character. You're the same person all the time in every arena in every situation like you don't change who you are like you you have integrity and 
I also just like took time to love on my husband and and you know this is just having a newborn having a newborn is already a thing but then like having a newborn and a toddler in the middle of a pandemic on the hills of a parent's death navigating all types of financial strains and mental and emotional strains and physical strains it's like adulthood is suffocating on its own and then you throw having to be a provider and a caretaker for two small individuals it's like it's a lot and I just thanked him for continually showing up for us you know as himself you know as if he's broken you know if he's angry like he's still showing up he were imperfect but he's still showing up and wanting to be better um cuz it's so easy for us to not show up as ourselves like to show up as pre, like we're pre- presenting and projecting something in someone who isn't us like it's very easy to not be our authentic selves whether it's a coping mechanism or, you know, we're trying to protect ourselves or we're not brave enough to show ourselves and to be ourselves. So I just, I thank him for coming flaws and all, you know, and like not leaving. You know, the other day I left for a couple hours and he was like, thanks for coming back. (laughs) Where am I? Where am I going, boy? Where am I? He's like, I've I've left before and thought about not coming back. You know, thank you for coming back. And in that moment, it was just like this sobering thought, where it's like, yeah, like let's not act like people don't leave their families all the time, men and women alike, just completely abandon them, because the pressure is just like unbearable. Um, and some of us might we might not leave physically like we might not leave in body but spiritually we detach you know and I don't know what happened in this pastor's life I don't know what kind of pressure he was under I don't know what he was battling I don't know what temptations he was facing all I know is there's fallout now you know there's fallout now and he has changed he has rewritten he's edited his children's story in a major way he's revised his wife's story in a major way the woman that he decided to have an affair with he's changed her story he's rewritten his own story And now everybody has to live with the pain and the collateral damage of what adultery can do.
And so I know some of you may go to the church that I'm talking about. Or some of you may have experienced church hurt, you know, been misused or abused or overlooked or taken advantage of or just failed by the people who are supposed to be solid for you, you know, and we cannot hinge our faith on one another. You know, we can't hinge our faith on on people who are given these platforms and in these pulpits. You know, definitely I, I want you to know that there is fruit from, like, being in Christ. Self-control is fruit. Like, it is, it is definitely a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of being with God. When you've been with God, you just know how to tell yourself no. You know how to self-regulate. You know how to be disciplined. <clears throat> and something that I'm trying to practice is exercising my no with myself. I need to be able to tell myself, girl, no cake. Hey, no more TV. It's it's time to read. It's time to rest. It's time to exercise. It's time to cook. It's time to have a tough conversation. It's time to humble yourself. It's time to be quiet. It's time to speak up. No to my flesh. No to the thing that always wants me to do the opposite of what I know I've been called to do and what I'm supposed to do. No, we're not going to self-medicate. No, we're not going to self-destruct. We're going to keep showing up. I remember like it was yesterday when this pastor that I'm talking about shared what he does to stay faithful to his wife. He shared that um, he will look at a beautiful woman, but he'll bounce his eyes. He won't stare. He'll just look at her, bounce his eyes, and look at the next thing. He shared that he has accountability, that, you know, there are other pastors that have his um, email passwords. and, And then he shared this really poignant really gut-wrenching exercise where he sits himself down and imagines that he's talking to his family, his daughters, his wife. And he's confessing to adultery. And he takes himself through the pain of committing such an act. And the fallout that follows. He has the conversation in his head before he ever has to have it out loud. The heart is deceitful. The heart wants what it wants and it doesn't care who it hurts. The heart will rationalize iniquity. The heart will tell you 
just do it and worry about the consequences tomorrow. The heart will minimize everything and everyone else but the desire. The heart will maximize the desire until it completely takes over, until it's the only thing you see. It's easy in these moments to like point the finger and like I said, make judgments and assessments and and guesses. It's easy to remove yourself and place yourself on a pedestal and look down on the person who's committed this great offense. Completely remove yourself and your humanity and point the finger and while I've never cheated on my husband I have entertained (coughs) thoughts that I'm not proud of you know and all sin begins with a thought While I've never cheated on my husband, I did cheat when we were just girlfriend and boyfriend. And it was because my desire for rebellion and my desire to have my flesh satisfied was so great and was so intense that me considering the fact that I was hurting myself and everyone involved with me, it was so small in my mind. It's not that I forgot about the person that I loved, that I was in relationship with. It's just that I decided not to think about him. And I remember the day (laughs) I decided to come clean. (laughs) We were sitting in his car. And I had just listened to a sermon that rocked me. I had been baptized. I had been filled with the Holy Ghost. And yet I could not seem to break free from the hold that this person had on me. And even though I was in love, madly in love with my boyfriend, I couldn't stop it. And I just heard the voice of God say, you have to come clean. You'll feel better when you come clean. Everything comes to the light eventually, but it's so much better when you bring it to the light. And I knew I wanted to be this man's wife more than I wanted to be anything. I wanted to come home to him. I wanted to grow old with him. I wanted to have his children. I wanted to have his last name. I wanted to wear the ring that he chose for me. 
I wanted to say yes to the rest of my life with him. So I knew I had to tell the truth. And it hurt. And there's no way to reverse it. And I don't know if that's what this pastor experienced or not, but I just know that sin is no respecter of persons. It'll sink its teeth into anyone with flesh, anyone with skin and bone. It will sink its teeth into you. And everybody just let, just take heed lest you fall. That's what the Bible says. Just pay attention lest you be the one giving a statement. Just pay attention lest you be the one putting the pieces of your home and your family back together after you've done the unthinkable. I always think about when Jesus says, why do you call me good? No man is good except my heavenly father, because Jesus was perfect. And I've shared this before. He knew by virtue of the fact that he had on flesh, even though he was fully God, the man part of him disqualified him from being good. And it's wise for us to take that same approach. It's not false humility. It's wisdom to say, by virtue of the fact that I wear flesh and I dwell here on earth, I am destined (laughs) to fall. I have a propensity and a proclivity toward satiating my flesh. And the minute I try to posture as if that could never be me, that's when I've already fallen. So I want to encourage you to not let anything get in the way of your relationship with the Lord. I posted today, I will not hinge my faith on another man's response to the gospel and the call on his life. I will only worry about the call on my own. I will only concern myself with my own sin, with my own desperate need for the Father. That's enough in and of itself. I can't worry about anybody else. I can't look to the left or to the right. I have to constantly keep my eyes to the hills and let that color and shape the way that I view myself and the people around me. We are going to let one another down. It's just part of the human experience. Things are going to happen to you that are going to rock you. You are going to do things that you never thought you would do. And in those moments, I just want to ask you to come back to center. Come back to the Lord. Remember that he loves you. He loves all of us. And he 
He is the author and the finisher of our faith and the story that he's writing (laughs) is one where redemption is always a theme. It's always a theme. So I love y'all. I pray that you're blessed. As always, um, I'm here. I want to hear from you. Um, You can connect with me. You can sow into this ministry financially. You can pray for me. You can um, send me your prayer requests. And I'll be there. I love y'all. Y'all stay safe. It's, it's, It's really wild out here. It's really, really wild out here. God bless.